Now, Christianity has its 13th apostle, a faithful witness to the love, mercy, and truth of Jesus Christ. How about you? Will you be the 13th apostle? Father Anthony was worried about God's judgment and prayed, saying, Lord, why is life so unfair? Some die young and others old. Some are poor and others rich. But most importantly, why are evil people so well off while good people wind up oppressed by poverty? A voice came to him saying, Anthony, God knows what he is doing. Mind your own business. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the 13th Apostle, where we explore the good, the beautiful, and the true, and some of the lighthearted message of the Catholic faith and the Catholic tradition. This is Tom Caffrey with my co-host, Dan Duddy. And you, Danny. Hey, Tommy. How you doing, brother? All right. You're, you're out on the left coast, right, today? I am. I couldn't be any further west. I am out here. So, Otherwise, we'd, out hear, here. we'd hear the bubble sounds, right, if you went any further west? Yeah, plus I'm not much of a swimmer, so you'd hear <laughs> gurgling. Ah, <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's yeah, nice. All right. We're in for a stretch of great weather here in the Garden State. The uh, next six days, I think, are going to be... Oh, is that right? Oh, oh good beautiful, beautiful. In fact, I think this is the best weather in the United States this coming week in New Jersey. Okay. And I'm not there. You rub it in now. <laughs> well, Knock I'm it rubbing off. it in, and I'm also making a comment about our guest. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are privileged to have as our guest Father Augustine Weta, and uh, we are going to talk about his book, Pray, Think, Act, and the subtitle, Make Better Decisions with the Desert Fathers. Welcome to the 13th Apostle, Father Augustine. Thanks. Well, if you're, uh, I don't know about good, beautiful, and true, but I've got sinful, dirty, and prevarication <laughs> cornered over here in St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> in New Jersey, of course, it's all about the good, the beautiful, and the true. Uh, oh, amen. Yeah. And then, of course, week. there's Boston, which is about the absolutely despicable. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, I knew we had Yankees. got to be a Yankees fan. Okay. <laughs> Father Augustine, we'll give you that stipend off the air, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was coached ahead of time. I, I, uh, don't sell us out now, Padre. <laughs> Stay steady. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, there are heavy lifting tomes out there about theology and philosophy and whatnot. Father Gresson, you have found a way to put some heaviness, uh, but with a You've leavened it with some humor, some irony, uh, between the eyes comments, going way back uh, from Saint Anthony of the Desert, the number one, number one guy, uh, guy I took to pretty well when I learned a lot about him in school. And uh, what I want to know, one of the things I want to know is, and I'm, I'm not going to assume that our audience knows this uh, very well, if at all, uh, but. I'd like to know whether in your monastic training, whether you had as many wild images, imaginations, uh, experiences as our great monk, St. Anthony, (laughs) (laughs) because he had some doozies. 
Yeah, well, it's, you know, times don't change. Uh, I mean, I won't say that I was ever heard <laughs> fighting Satan directly fist to fist in my cell, but I certainly had some wild imaginations and adventures in the monastery. Well, in fact, I one of the uh, stories that didn't make it, well, actually not well, Okay, it made it didn't make it into this book. It made it into my previous book about humility. I'm an authority on humility, by the way, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> talking to me, I, I was reading about the Desert Fathers, and apparently Saint Francis wasn't the first to roll around in a rose bush when he encountered lustful thoughts. And so, inspired by my forefathers, I decided that the cure for my own lustful thoughts was to jump in a rose bush. And, and looking for me, we, we, our brother Simeon had a whole rose garden behind the monastery. So I jumped in and rolled around. And I, I wanted to take that story out of the book, actually. But then Ignatius told me it was their favorite story. So <laughs> I had to leave it in. But yeah, life in the monastery is just as crazy, probably more crazy than it was in the third century A.D. Oh my We're gosh. just less holy, that's all. Rolling around the rose bush is a different... Uh, it's a variation on the theme of the cold shower. So... Uh, uh, yeah, I recommend... I mean, I don't really recommend a cold shower either, but I definitely don't recommend rolling around <laughs> in the rose bush. <laughs> First, for one thing, you have to be naked when you do it, um, which I was not. Take a shower and, or go uh, in the rose bush? <laughs> either really to be honest you end up with a big mess if you try to do either of them clothes <laughs> it's just so you can get out of the shower when you're done you can't get out of the rose bush when you're done oh, right. oh my yeah. gosh which is why the fathers took off all their clothes before they jumped in they also jumped into wild rose bushes which have considerably smaller thorns uh. so uh, just all around, it was a bad idea, bad experience, and uh, it, was, it was actually a really good experience for the rest of the monastery. They had a good laugh, and it became sort of, well, it became one of our own. I'm thinking of writing a book on the story of the Urban Fathers, uh, the stories of the Urban Fathers, which is just things that happen in the modern monastery that are just absurd or silly, or, but that we somehow managed to learn from one way or another. Mm. Wow. Well, the, Father, before we got on the air, you, you talked about surfing, and there's a flavor in your book of athletics. And I'm a football coach. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. And I think well, yeah, they called themselves the Athletic Day, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, uh, which was pretty cool. I, I'm a football coach for 40 years, high school football coach, until really? I retired. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, you made a you made a comment. I think you just repeated it, right? About um, oh, your buddy Flex, the offensive lineman, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, the old line. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, you come right to a uh, a comment. That don't let the technique get in the way. Um, yeah, act, actually listening, because I think Flex kind of taught you a lesson in there about the retreat, having come from Jesus Christ Himself. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah which, which actually kind of repeated itself today. Um, hold on, I've got to switch on to my my phone. Just told me it's running out of juice. <laughs> hold on, can you still hear me? Yes. Okay, okay, good. Well, then I'm plugged into the wall now. 
Yeah, I I, I teach a class on theology of the body to high school juniors. God help me. And uh, but one of the one of the things every year we start off a little further behind because I realized that not only did they not understand what the body meant, they didn't understand what truth was. <laughs> like, and kids have been raised now to believe that there's my truth and your truth and that there's really no truth. And so I, and I got to talking to kids about like sports and how like, I, I'm not a big fan of baseball because I, I don't understand it. And I never really, I, I went to a game when I was nine years old and I stood up, it was the Astros back in Houston, Texas. I stood up and I said, only three more points, guys. <laughs> oh, crowd then. I mean, like, all like 30,000 fans and it was three more points. Here. So I never went to another baseball game. <laughs> <You're trolling laughs> but, but, but there are objectively better baseball players and objectively worse baseball players. I just can't tell the difference. And so today, one of my students got up and gave a little presentation on baseball and said, for example, that like apparently at the professional level, the time it takes the ball to leave the pitcher's fingers to the bat is one quarter of the blink of an eye. <laughs> and, and so you can't think, you can't think when you're at bat. You just have to go with it right i so I, I think i've got a new story of the urban fathers although from maybe it's from one of the urban sons this time but i really he gave this brilliant little presentation on the truth and beauty of baseball mm. an objective good in the world a force for good so oh, cool. Mm-hmm. cool yeah i i posted a little bit of his lecture on my twitter account i've jettisoned all of my social what do they call it? Social media. I started off when Ignatius first published my first book. They were like, "Well, you got to have all these social media things," and so I, I got all these account: Facebook and my face and your face and this. <laughs> and it just took up so much time, and nobody really wants to know that much about me. So it ended up, I just have a Twitter account now, but I'm always looking for things to put on there. So I videotaped him talking about the truth and beauty of baseball. And I, I really learned a lot today. I'm still kind of reeling from it. Well, but it, that, that's another thing about the Desert Fathers, to bring it back to the subject at hand, is that they were not, they were not afraid to dumb it down, you know, and, and also not afraid to l- listen to people who weren't necessarily experts. Mm. Well, you know. that's, that's that's the wisdom of the desert. I think that I I hear about in your book. Yeah, and that's, that's your book is a great great reflection of that. Mm-hmm. Thanks. There's actually a Desert Father's story about I guess Abba Pafnusius, who used to be a a court scholar, and he was observed by one of his monks sitting on a stone listening to a farmer. And he said, well, why, why'd you do that? You're, you know how to read. He doesn't even know ABCs. And he turns to his novice and he says, it's true. He does not know ABC, his ABCs, but he knows a lot more than me about farming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, yes. That's the wisdom. That's the wisdom. So, yeah. you know, I just want to, I'm going to ask you, because in your book you, and I like the fact that you put fathers and then a hyphen and mothers, um, 
And, yeah. uh, you know, we can't talk about the Desert Fathers and Mothers without talking about St. Mary of Egypt. Oh, yeah. But it's very interesting, Father Augustine, that you, and you probably don't know what you, uh, a bramble bush that you stumbled into a moment ago, when you, yeah. in about the same breath, you talked about the game of baseball and theology of the body. Um, mm. Now, I don't know whether if Dan's picked up on where I'm going with this, but I'm not going to go all the way. Go all the way. <laughs> You ask your students about the game of baseball, if there are any baseball players, and how that relates to the theology of body, about what it's like to get to first base, to second base, <laughs> to third base. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. The, the kids always, inevitably, the class ends, or, or some class ends with the kids saying, well, how far can I go before it's a sin? Like, that's all I really uh, want to know. Yeah, and, I'm, and I always say, well, no one would say like, how how slow can I run the bases and still finish? You know, I still play yes. the game. Like, you, that, it's absurd. You, you want to Saint Benedict, who was not a desert father, but knew them well, and he said that you should love chastity, and you can't you can't love something that's always the minimum. You know, you want to try to be. Be a great athlete, right? An athlete of chastity, believe it or not, mm-hmm. and of humility and of you know piety. I, they, it's it's really fun. I, I love part of what I love so much about the Desert Fathers is the simplicity of their approach. Like they would they would go out in the desert and, and see who could fast the longest, or 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 they'd even they'd even go out in groups and insult each other. To see who is the most humble, like you yes. should take it, like the relentless abuse, the longest. <laughs> and I love that. I, I think as Christians, we need to, and as Christian men in particular, I think we need to recover a bit of that. Like, yeah, well, you think you can fast? Yeah, watch this. Yeah, you think you can take a cold shower? Yeah, well, I'm going to do it for ninety days. You know. Oh. Speaking of which, they tried to do this Exodus 19 or whatever it was, and it lasted about a day and a half. Well, well it's a cold shower. Yeah, I know. That was what did it for me. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a game stopper right there. That's not even a game changer. I'm out on a cold shower. <laughs> well, did you say you said you made it to step uh, to day 19 of Exodus 90? Uh, I made it to day number one and a half. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I was about as successful with that as I was in my basketball career, which uh, is extremely short-lived. Well, you know, I want to bring our attention to your page, to page thirty-three of your book. It's really, it's about humility. And you know, it's and that's really what we're what we're talking about, what you're talking about. And I think, and you know, there's there's a difference between it's it's which comes first. So if you give the right, you know, with with your steps that you outline in the book, the uh, pray, think, and act. Uh, yeah. If you do that, if you give good thought to it, you pray, you meditate on it, and. about a decision you're going to make. That's different than something that's spontaneous. But being humble, so that's an act of the will, as opposed to you suffering the consequences of of humiliation because... So the the event, the action, the sin, let's call it what it is, you know, the sin Mm -hmm. is is going to exact some... is is going to 
will humiliate us as opposed to us yeah. making an act of will prior to that to being humble. I just, That's right. You know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny, like, I, as I've written these books and, and really sort of, well, I guess, advanced as you were in the, as it were, in the monastic life, I'm beginning to figure out that pretty much everything is an act of the will. Like, and you don't, I, I rarely, like, feel in love with Jesus or, but I, I will that I love him, you know, and I, the kids are always deeply scandalized when I tell them, look, I'm an atheist about 70% of the time. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I sit around when I pray and think, man, have I not just talked myself into this? Like, but faith is, again, I think it's, it's an act of the will. You just say, look, this is what I do. This is what I am. And, and I may not, that my faith comes and goes, my, my emotions come and go, but my will is focused on Jesus. Like, that's what I want. And I, and I think that, I mean, I'm not married myself, but I'm pretty, I've heard a lot of confessions. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that basically being married boils down to just saying, you know what? I'm in. And that's that. Like, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of surprised myself the other day. I, I set a, a wedding for one of our alumni. And I don't do many weddings because I insist that the couples not sleep together or live together or any of that stuff before they get married and I never hear from them again. But this mm. couple was just very pious and wonderful. And I, I, it wasn't in my sermon, but I, I kind of went off track and I said, look, here's the thing. Someday one of you is going to turn around, look at the other one and think, why, God, what have I done with my life? <laughs> and that's why you take the vows. Mm. <laughs> because... If everybody just wanted to be together their whole life, there'd be no point in taking vows. <laughs> but you're going to disappoint each other and upset each other, and probably one of you is going to want to leave eventually. But that's when you say to yourself, nope, took the vow, I'm, I'm in. And, of course, that's when you show that you really do love them, when it's not full of candy canes and unicorns and sweet tarts, but, you know, that hard-earned grunting labor of love, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, one of my favorite things that I, that I read here uh, in, in your book, I'm a, I'm a fan, becoming a fan, the more I get to know St. Francis de Sales, the more of a yeah. fan I become his. And he's got that simplicity that you're, you're referring to, you know, that straight to the point, cut to the chase, right to the heart. And yep. the concept that you put in the book here on page 41 is that, you know, he says, we learn to study by studying, to play on the loop by playing, to dance by dancing, to swim by swimming. So also we learn to love God and our neighbor simply by loving them. Yeah, and those who attempt any other method are mistaken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah he's great. Uh, yeah, another quote, which I, I well, uh, at any rate, a misquote of... Uh, Francis de Sales that I was taught during my novitiate was, when you go to serve the poor, expect them to demand an apology. <laughs> which, yeah. which I am reminded of like every day that I teach because the key, you know, you spend all weekend making a lesson plan and then they, they want to watch a movie, you know, and you're like, no, <laughs> you're not paying for that. But yeah, it's, he's, he, isn't he great? I mean, all those great saints we're, we're surprisingly frank. I've got a great friend named Don Eaton who writes books about chastity, of all things. 
Um, and she's one of these sort of kind of slightly crazy people that I call holy bulldozers. They just, <laughs> well, when they've decided to do something, you either get on board or get the heck out of their way because, like, but I think Mother Teresa was like that. You either, when she knew what she wanted, there was no no prevarication, no no sideways talking. These people just get to the point. Like, you want to be holy? Be holy. <laughs> you know, you want to learn how to study? Study. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It, and it really is sometimes as simple as that. In fact, most of the time, I think it's as simple as that, which is why I love the Desert Fathers so much. It's Aristotle's virtue. Yeah. Aristotle's virtue. Yeah. Do the thing. Just keep doing it. Now, you know, it's interesting, you, you used a phrase, when you said will to faith, essentially, the first thing that came to my mind was the, uh, and this ties in with humility as well, uh, or my lack of humility, when uh, during pre-Cana, I didn't, you know, I, like many men, didn't want to go to pre-Cana, what could the church, church teach me about love, I, I love my fiancé, and blah, 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 and, um, but I learned one of the greatest lessons of my life in pre-Cana, and that was, the decision to love and you know the the ballast of and i've used that not just with my marriage I, i've used it elsewhere when i you know to make a decision you know it's an act of that will all right you're not going to move me off that mark that i just i've just made the this you know it's 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 embedded in concrete this you know rebar is going through yeah. it that 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 will um the difficulty is when that other part of the brain, that limbic system, that the the uh, you know that 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 seed of emotion in us, when sometimes we get swamped um, by that, and that's why people like you know saints like Saint Mary of Egypt. And ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know Saint Mary of Egypt, look her up, read about her. Yeah, uh, yeah she's a great one. Wow, I mean, you know what we would say is a, a, a dissolute life, but yeah. hope springs eternal. Man, hope springs eternal, and she is a great lesson uh, 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 of, of that. Um, so, yeah. you know, and I, the other thing I'll say is on the, um, you know, we sin, we confess, we repent, uh, we do our penance, so we sin again, we keep doing it. Uh, I'm looking at another page in, in your book, and, uh, you know, we make the same bad choices over and over, you write. And it makes me think of the Psalms of Lament, and one of the reasons I love them is because the fact, very fact that there is a psalm of lament, that that psalm, whichever one we pick, exists, is because the person, the psalmist, the poet, didn't, didn't break the covenant, didn't, didn't break the relationship, wants it, and still believes that God is there, even though he may or not feel it, experience it. So, right. And you never know. I mean, as one of the Desert Fathers said, you never know, you might get lucky and die. <laughs> so before you sit in the next time and there's people are always saying you know oh I don't go to confession because I just do the same stuff over and over again it doesn't make any difference well maybe not but who knows you might get lucky <laughs> you, or, or you might not get lucky in either case you get lucky right um, that's true yeah <laughs> but it's and there's also there's no discounting the possibility of a miracle and then there's this old, this wonderful story from the Desert Fathers about the monk with the three oil bottles who the novice comes in and says, look, I'm not coming back because I keep doing the same old evil stuff. He says, okay, but before you go, could you wash out one of my oil bottles? He goes, fine, whatever. He washes it out. He says, 
No, I changed my mind. Could you put oil, oil back in? And he does. He, old Muck goes back and forth like three or four times. Can't decide whether he wants the oil. Finally, he, he says to the novice, now look at these two jars. Which one's cleaner, right? And even though you keep dirtying it up, cleaning it does have an effect over time, right? Mm. Yeah, I remember telling up. my I remember telling my mom when I was little that I I, I shouldn't have to brush my teeth because I'm just gonna get food all over them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Why well, make the bed? <laughs> You're gonna sleep in. Yeah, yeah. Right? All I'm that stuff. Sleep in anyway. um, That's right. Yeah, I should have used that in my book. We are just about out of time. <laughs> About, no. Yes, I know. I can't believe it. And what I'm gonna I'm gonna tease the audience and say, listen, you you get this book, you got to get this book, ladies and gentlemen. Pray, think, act, by Father J. Augustine Weta, W E T T A, and pay close attention to pages eh, 85. Really, the conclusion. The you talk talk about miracles and humility transformation with the story of Brother Edward. I almost oh. I almost dropped a tear uh, when I got to that, uh, Father Augustine. So, I, no, not I, in New Jersey. I, I don't tell anybody. <laughs> don't tell anybody. We try. We try. We don't, uh, we don't forget about it. They do in Boston. Yeah, <laughs> Great. Well, the Bostonians are always crying because they're not in New Jersey. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. You just yeah. doubled your stipend. So, uh, thanks. <laughs> Father Augustine, uh, a real pleasure. Thank you, Father. Yeah, wonderful. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Anytime. We, we want to ask you to uh, celebrate a wedding for us, but would you say a blessing for us and our audience? Sure. I'll even do it old school. Well, I, actually, you know, okay, I'll do two things. I want, I want to tell you a prayer that one of my students invented the other day, and then I'll give you the blessing. Which, And he said, Lord, Make us holy and smart, but mostly make us holy, because who cares if you're smart if you're a jerk? <laughs> so, benedicat, oh, now I've forgotten my Latin blessing. Benedicat vos omnipotentes pater filius preachus sanctus. You now have your cyber blessing. Ah, wow. amen. Wow, that's wonderful. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father Augustine. Real pleasure. I look forward you, to another conversation oh, yeah. with you. Yeah, have another conversation. Let's get into this like a little getting more. getting back to my roots. Beautiful. Yeah, God bless you, Father. God bless you, Father. Yeah. All right, Danny, what's coming up next? All right, stay tuned, folks, for The Angelus and Your Prayer Intentions with Peter and Jenny. WQPHradio.org. Get great conversations like this with Father Augustine Weta. I want to thank uh, uh, Ignatius Press for giving us the copies to the book and uh, uh, just arranging for this, uh, this great conversation. So thanks to uh, Kevin Wanja, Andrea Boring, Susan Nutt, and all the people at Ignatius Press. Thanks again. Thanks to Mary Ann, Jean, James, and the rest of the crew at the station. God bless all. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The 13th Apostle with Dan Duddy and Tom Caffrey. For more information on Dan, visit his website at www.danduddy.com or email dcduddy at gmail.com. Tom's website is faithpilgrims.com or email trcaffrey at faithpilgrims.com. How about you? Will you be the 13th Apostle?